Our sermon series is called Transparency Matters. Transparency matters because we are all born into a fallen world. We are all born with an old sin nature. And we want to put up this hard shell around us so people don't really know what we're thinking inside until we are born again and we become Christians and we've got this light shining inside of us and if it wasn't or if we wanted that hard shell to remain it would be like putting your light under a bushel and not letting your light shine into the world instead God calls us to be transparent to let that love of Jesus Christ that's within each one of us to shine to the world and to shine with one another within the church. So we've been looking at Ephesians chapter 4. I would recommend you open your Bible to Ephesians chapter 4. And if you have your own Bible, you can be taking notes in there. And like I said, we have sermon notes on paper so you can write things down as we go. But we started this series in verses 1 through 6 where we saw that unity matters. Our transparency matters and within that the unity of the church and the unity of our faith and the unity that we walk together as God's children is so important in transparency. The next week we looked at Ephesians chapter 4 verses 7 through 10 and we saw that Spiritual giftedness matters. A gift-based ministry matters. Where we find out what our spiritual gifts are and we share that with one another so that the body can function as one, one body in unity. So we have to be transparent about what our gifts are and put our gifts to work for the body of Christ. And now today, we are going to see that transparency matters in our spiritual leadership. Spiritual leadership matters. So let's think about that as I read these verses. Verses 11 through 13 in chapter 4. If you're in the Pew Bible, it's on page 1,818. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers. In my version of the Bible, it says, so Christ himself gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, some to be pastors and teachers. To equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until, until we all reach unity. Unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. May God bless the hearers and doers of his word. Next week, we're going to continue on with verses 14 through 16, and we're going to see that love matters 
in transparency. And the week after that is Father's Day. And it's interesting how um, God times his, his wording to come out because that week um, we are going to see that loving correction matters. Isn't that interesting? Fathers, even fathers need loving correction sometimes, right? And then we're going to continue on through the chapter. We're going to see that accountability matters in transparency. And in transparency, truth matters. And then the last week will be forgiveness matters. That's how chapter 4 is being laid out for us. So today we're looking at spiritual leadership, understanding spiritual leadership. And the question that I have for you to consider is this, what are the many colors of leadership? In verse 11, the scripture says, it was he who gave. So important, we saw this earlier, and we see it again, it is he who gave. We should always be reminded that God gives us everything that we need to do everything that he wants. It is he, God, who gave. Some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, some to be pastors and teachers. Our scripture this morning is pointing us toward those leadership gifts. The leadership gifts within the church body, also called the offices of spiritual leadership. Even within leadership of the church, it's unlikely that any one leader will possess all of the abilities of these leadership types listed here. This is why it says some to be apostles, some to be prophets, or to give the apostles he gave the prophets, he gave the evangelists, and he gave the pastors and teachers to the church. Transparency and authenticity are needed in leadership. So the church does not try to function with some of these colorful spiritual leadership gifts missing. We can't have any of those missing. And God is going to give us everything that we need to do all that he wants. A good leader will be authentic and transparent in their leadership. He or she will know what they are missing and strive to walk alongside other leaders that have those gifts that that other individual is missing. In the secular world, in, in the secular profession that I was in, we were always taught and I was taught in my MBA classes that we have very many colorful um, categories. And a good leadership team, a good leadership team will seek to have all the colors of their team on their team so that none of them are missing and they can function better as a team than they can individually or even the sum of all the individual gifts. When you have all the colors, it adds up to more than that. When I was in senior leadership in the nuclear power industry, 
So often you would find the plant managers or the vice president of nuclear power operations with a very red tendency. You can go ahead and put those color tendencies up on the screen. And they would almost always be red. And, and just because the person was red didn't necessarily mean that they were going to be the best leader. But when I was on the senior leadership team in the nuclear power industry, our red leader realized that he needed to be able to have all these colors on his team. So he asked us all to do an inventory of our tendencies, and then we would come up with the color that we represented on the leadership team. So my color was green. His color was red. So when he would be talking to me and he knew I was green, he would realize that I would need some time to think about this. When he wanted to have something done right now and he thought he had the right answer, he could count on me to think about what kind of effect might that have on other people. So he actually made us wear lanyards with our colors. And so I had a green lanyard with my name tag. My name tag was what allowed me to get into the building. It allowed me to be seen by security as somebody that could, was uh, appropriate to be in the nuclear facility. But then he gave us each different colored lanyard. So when we would have a team meeting and we were talking to someone that was yellow, we would have an idea how they would take the, whatever we were saying and how they may react to it. So just take a look at these. Blue. A blue person is very orderly, conscientious, precise, thorough. They are diplomatic, and they are analytical. So they're going to be analyzing everything. A green person, like myself, is supportive. I'm an agreeable kind of a person, typically. Loyal. I have some amount of self-control as compared to others. Consistent, good listener, and a relationship kind of a guy. The red people are results-oriented, quick decisions, persistent. They're interested in solving problems and solving them now. So they're typically chosen as leaders. They're self-reliant and they accept challenges readily. And then the yellow people, they, they're the ones that are optimistic. They'll, they'll keep us going sometimes when everybody else is down. They're enthusiastic. They, they make good impressions on people. They're verbal, verbally articulate and helpful and often entertaining. So you can see how pulling all these colors together can make up quite a good team. The blue being calm, cool, collected, and steady. The green being in tune with the feelings of everybody and, and loving everybody. They would say that we, the greens, have a high EQ, high emotional quotient. And the red always seemed to be, especially to us green people, a, a bit angry, a bit frustrated and, and edgy. And they have an urgency about them, about everything that they're dealing with. And then the yellow come along and they're lighthearted, effervescent, and they'll crack jokes. Even when some of us think jokes just are not appropriate at that time. 
From our spiritual gift inventory, I mentioned that last week, and there's still one back there I see. If anybody does not know what your spiritual gift is, take that spiritual gift inventory, go through and find out what your scores are, and it'll give you an idea of what your spiritual gift is. And when you get to the end, you'll see that these leadership gifts are listed in there. So let's take a look at those real quick. I'm going to just talk about them with the idea of these colors in mind. One of them is apostleship. You might find out that you've got the gift of apostleship. Well, it says in Scripture that some are given to be apostles. That's a New Testament office. It, it's represented today by a Holy Spirit-given ability to minister across cul- cross cultures. And typically, the, the person with the gift of apostleship is interested in things like planning new churches. And typically, these people with the gifts of apostleship tend to be read in their leadership tendencies. Second, prophecy. That's one of the gifts you might find out from your spiritual gift inventory. Some to be prophets. This is the special ability to cause the authoritative word of God, of his truth, to shine. It includes congregational preaching and teaching and utterances of church members which explain and apply God's revelation for correction and edification. These people that have the gifts of prophecy typically will have the blue leadership tendencies. Not always, but often. And then some to be evangelists. Evangelism might be your spiritual gift. The special ability to act as a productive instrument of God in soul winning. And these folks typically lean toward the leadership tendencies of the yellow. Very optimistic, very friendly, and able to win souls of others. And some to be pastors and teachers, a shepherding gift. The special ability to effectively guide, feed, and protect a flock of followers in Christ. Or, as it says in our our definition in that gift inventory, also known as pastoring. Typically, these folks lean toward the green leadership tendencies. And teaching. Some to be pastors and teachers. Now, the special um, gift of teaching gives you the ability to give a detailed understanding of biblical truths to those that are willing to listen. This could be any color from these leadership tendencies. And it's often based on the listeners and their willingness to listen. There are two other leadership gifts in the spiritual gift inventory that you might end up with, and they're very important for us to talk about today. One of them is leadership. Yeah, just leadership. The special ability to set goals 
and to motivate others toward their accomplishment in the body of Christ. And the other one would be this, administration. The special ability of working with and through followers toward achieving biblical goals and organizational objectives. Typically, when I'm talking to people, I I tell them, you know, from doing these inventories, and I must say, I have not really found a spiritual gift inventory that I'm 100% bought into. This is one that works. Um, There may be some spiritual gifts missing. There may be some that I would call extra spiritual gifts in there. Um, So you can try different types of spiritual gift inventories, but mine typically ends up with the highest score in leadership and administration and shepherding or pastor-teacher type. Just to give you an idea what you're dealing with when you see me, (laughs) I do have a green leadership tendency, but God's gifted me in those um, different areas. So that's verse 11. So the next thing I want you to think about is empowering spiritual leadership. What is it and why is it important? Empowering spiritual leadership. Well, I think we see that in verse 12. Why the authentic, transparent spiritual leadership is important. It says to prepare, to prepare God's people for works of service. Our leadership team is to prepare God's people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. Prepare. To equip. To put right. The Greek word used for this that we translate to prepare actually carries a little bit more meaning behind it. It carries the meaning of mending of nets. (laughs) to prepare, to mend your nets, to get ready to go fishing. If we are going to have a church that are fishers of men and women, we need our nets mended. We need to be prepared. The church should not have any holes that will prevent us from being good fishers of men and women. Empowering spiritual leadership is not doing all the work of the church, but it is to train and equip God's people, the church, for works of service. To build up the body, to build up the church. Last week we talked about the importance of our spiritual gifts. Each individual needs to understand what their spiritual gift is and discover their spiritual gift so that you can live in joy as you function through your spiritual gift. However, it's not so important for you to find your spiritual gift for just your own inner joy and growth and functionality, but it is for the body of the church so that the body of Christ may be built up through the functioning of all our gifts. Transparent and empowering Spiritual leadership helps us to build up the body. The key idea of growth here is body building. That's the image 
of the body working together. Some of you might be bodybuilders. You know what it's talking here about here. We need to exercise and build up the body. We need to exercise our spiritual gifts. I mentioned last week our natural church development survey that so many of you participated in. Thank you for doing that. And I mentioned that one of our most egregious um, qualities was gift-based ministries. Well, you should also know that one of our strongest quality characteristics, actually the strongest at Dunphy Missionary Church here, high above all the other quality characteristics, was this, empowering leadership. Wow, that is something to celebrate. That is something to build on. This quality characteristic is called empowering leadership, not empowered leadership. It's very important, the ING versus the ED. An empowered leadership team may be full of strong leaders looking for volunteers to help them move their great vision forward for the church and make it a reality. It's like putting square wheels on a cart and an empowered leadership team is pushing or pulling that cart when all along there are some nice round wheels that could be used if they were an empowering leadership team. So it's very important to understand the empowering part. So authentic, transparent, empowering spiritual leaders. Those listed in the previous verse, verse 11, apostles, prophets, um, evangelists, and pastor teachers, and we could say those with the gifts of leadership and administration, This verse helps us to consider one of the most important tasks of that spiritual leadership team in the church. It is to empower those within the church. Now it should also be noted that even though the empowering leadership was the strongest quality characteristic at Dunphy Missionary Church, it still didn't quite even get to the average of what churches are around the world. So we still have room for growth, even in our strongest characteristic, empowering leadership. The secret to increasing the quality characteristic of empowering leadership within the church is to improve in the areas of explanation. That's like the green leadership tendencies, explanation. And motivation, being transparent and casting a vision. Typically, this is operating in the red leadership tendencies. So that we can liberate the church. So we can be transparent in the bold moves and releasing the vision to others within the church, which means we have to be able to operate in the blue tendencies of leadership. It's just that we need to be careful that none of these dimensions are missing. 
it's in this blue tendency. We're going to see here in a little bit where some mistakes are made. And it just causes those that with red leadership tendencies to go crazy. We can't have any mistakes. <laughs> we should have been able to do it right the first time. So let's just take a look real quick at this. Um, we could call it a leadership wheel, if you'd like. And we're going to start in the green. So if you've got your copy on the paper, it's there. The green all the way over to the left, between the blue and the green. It says this. It says, assess weaknesses. And then the next thing says, analyze present situation. That's where we're at right now here at Dunphy Missionary Church. IPM, step one and step two, has helped us assess and to analyze the present situation. Now it's important to teach principles, which we're doing here from Ephesians chapter 4, and then to nurture steady progress and learn from mistakes. So that's where we're going to be on June 19th when I meet with the leadership board. And we're going to be in the leadership wing on June 19th. We're going to be in the red of motivation. We're going to um, cast a vision. We're going to focus on the strengths of the church, and we're going to set goals and what it would look like to model these principles. That's the leading wing into the fact where the church is going to go, which is freedom, where God is calling each one of you to go, to model the principles, to advocate bold moves. That's what the leadership team is going to be doing. Say, figure out what your spiritual gift is. Let us know what you think your ministry is, that God is calling you to it. That will help us define what Dunphy Missionary Church is. Because God, in verse 11, says he gave us everything that we need to do everything that he wants. And in this phase, we're going to allow you to make mistakes. We're going to do it, Dunphy Missionary Church. We're going to make some mistakes. And that's okay because God has called us to it. And what we might measure as a mistake is what he had planned for his great, good, pleasing, and perfect will. Because we're going to release you in your vision of ministry. And then as we go along, we're going to continue to assess and analyze and figure out how we can be better. And that's what the leadership team is going to do. The leading wing is going to figure out how we can do better, adjust a little bit, and give you freedom again, and we'll be in the empowering wing again. Almost sounds like maybe you're sitting in the MBA class, huh? <laughs> I'm sorry, but sometimes we need to do that. We need to understand, you know, what is really get going on in these verses. So Christ himself gave to equip his people. What's that mean to be in leadership? Until the body of Christ may be built up. And that brings us to my third point of the message today, our response. What is going to be your response to this? This is what verse 13 is getting at. How do you attain the whole measure of the fullness of Christ? Until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. 
We are to possess the fullness of God. That's what he wants for each one of us, to be full of him. This is part of the church's mission. Do you remember Jesus laying out a mission for the church in Matthew chapter 28? Verse 20 said this, And teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. This is how we take full possession of the fullness of Christ. So those of you that are leaders, that have leadership gifts or that are part of our leadership team, I want to challenge you today to focus your ministry on empowering others. Resist the role of being a superstar. Find which of the three areas, whether it's green in the explanation or red in the motivation or blue in the liberation, which of those areas is your strength and which of those areas is your weakness. And then be transparent about it. Let people know, I'm just not that good at motivating people. Or I'm just not that good in the explanation and being transparent about sharing what's going on. Share it with the leadership team so the leadership team can help you fill that gap. Someone else on the team can do that because God has given us everything we need to do everything that he wants. Now for you, those of you that are not leadership gifted or not part of the leadership team, it's your responsibility, your responsibility to look for leaders. That's why you need to know what leaders look like because you need a leader that will empower you. You need to consider finding a personal spiritual mentor for yourself. Everybody should think about having a spiritual mentor for themselves, a leader for themselves, to release the potential that God has given you and implanted in you. You all have a spiritual gift, and you can live in the fullness of Christ with great joy in your life as you exercise your gift-based ministry. Here's a way to discover if you are in the presence of empowering leaders. If you are, you will grow in the fullness of Christ. If instead you are encountering one of those superstar leaders, there will be an opposite effect. You will see that leader larger and larger in your own eyes, and you will become smaller and smaller, and you probably will not get the joy of experiencing your spiritual gift. May we all find a great joy in the love and the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Let's bow. Heavenly Father, we thank you for calling us to be empowering leaders and calling us to find empowering leadership. 
and calling us to actually do what you'd empowered us to do. Thank you for gifting us in the way that you've gifted us through the power and the gifts of your Holy Spirit because of our commitment and acceptance of what Jesus Christ did for us on the cross. When we believed upon him, you poured out all the spiritual blessings, including our spiritual gifts. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.